Father, as we do get into your word, I do ask that once again, Lord, that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds, that this would be a great time. And God, I thank you. Just looking around this room and, and seeing faces, people who have come in the middle of the week just to be encouraged, to be strengthened by you. So God, open up our hearts to receive and, and get the, the junk out of the way that might uh, hinder us from hearing you and bless this time. Put your hand on it in a mighty way. And again, Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do and how you're going to do it tonight. Ask these things in the name of Jesus Amen. Hey, as we uh, uh, look at tonight, we're kind of getting into the, uh, the middle section of, of the different armor of God. So uh, just kind of, I'm stopping and taking maybe one or two pieces at a time. And I know for some of us, it's like, why did you slow down? And it's the same reason we slow down in Hebrews, because I felt like it. And so I wanted to slow down. So we've slowed down a bit, but it's because I think this is important. We understand, listen carefully. God has given us armor. Number one, he's already won the battle. That's pretty crazy, right? When you think about it, he's won the battle. And I think way too many of us fight battles that he's already won. He's already taken care of and we get caught up in that. But even greater than that, he's given us armor. Why? Because we're going to be attacked. The enemy is going to come after us. I believe, listen, I believe the enemy talking about the devil that one who's against us, I believe he does everything he can to keep us from believing. And then once we come to faith and once we start believing, I believe he does everything he can to make us ineffective as Christians and even miserable. I know sometimes as Christians we're miserable and it shouldn't be. Listen, he's given us armor to fight, which tells me this, there's a battle. And we're in the battle, and a lot of us, listen, I think a lot of us just kind of, oh, I don't think it's that bad. It's really bad. There is a battle for your soul. And I think if you don't think it's bad, I think you're kind of already almost losing that battle. So there's a fight, there's a battle. I remember when I first got saved, I had this continuing dream, and, and it's good, again, to have people disciple you. I, I encourage that here, and it's great. I had some good people discipling me, and I had this reoccurring dream and I'm not gonna tell you what it was, and I'm not even sure it was from God, but I called the guy discipling me, and I go, I keep having this dream over and over and over. What do you think that's about? And he goes, it's because you're in a battle, Pat. It's because, listen, there's an enemy of your soul, and his whole objective is to kill, steal, and destroy. And that, listen, he's not gonna let up on that. Just because you got saved, he doesn't go, oh, well, you know, ollie ollie oxen free, you're in. He's gonna, listen, he's gonna come after us and so that's what this is all about. Now here's the interesting thing. Tonight, this is so good. God is so good. Tonight we're gonna look at the shield of faith. What have we been studying for like, you know, uh, a, a couple months? The faith, right? Faith, and again, I, I just wanna, I wanna read Hebrews 11.1 1, to us in case we've forgotten. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now listen to this. Here's another translation. This is the Phillips translation. And you know what? That's a good translation to read once in a while. But listen how he puts it. Now faith means that we have full confidence in the things we hope for. And it means being certain of the things we cannot see. So the, the Christian life is a walk of faith. 
We had to walk by faith. And sometimes people, sometimes people make fun of us. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you've ever been made fun of directly as a Christian. But they act like, listen, they act like we're weird because we talk about faith. Everything functions in faith, right? Like, you know, uh, and I know you overuse this example, but everybody who walked in here tonight sat in a chair. You had faith that chair was gonna stay. You didn't, you didn't know that there was one that I cut the leg off just so when you sit down, it's gonna fall and you didn't sit in it. Someone will eventually sit in that chair. But when we come in, why? We believe, listen, we believe by faith it's gonna be fine. And so we function in faith. And we can use even the example, we get in our automobiles, we think they're gonna work. Most of us are not mechanics. We don't know how they work, but we have faith they're gonna work. And we do that. So when people make fun of you having faith, I think it's important we let them know, hey, the world functions by faith. But listen to this. Here's one of the, you know, here's one of the sayings of Buddha. I don't know about you guys, but whenever I read, you know, Buddha writings and stuff, I just get confused. And, you know, they're, they're just like little things that like, that doesn't make any sense. Listen to this. This is great. He says, at first there was nothing. Seriously? This gets, it gets better. At first there was nothing, then nothing inverted itself and became something. Gets even better. And that is what you are, inverted nothing into potential. I read that and I go, now tell me that does not, if you read that and you believe that, that's a humongous amount of faith, right? And listen, as believers, listen, as believers, I think, Here's the thing. I think if you cannot believe that God created, then you're going to have a struggle with Christianity. You got to get to that, that very first verse in the Bible, and you got to exercise faith. And, you know, we have that uh, whole uh, cosmological argument, right? The first cause, and there has to be a cause, and there has to be something. So we have that whole thing. And yes, it takes faith to believe that. Why? Nobody was there. You know, even people who say they believe in the Big Bang Theory, they have, they, listen, for it to be science, it has to be reproducible. And you have to have that evidence. You've got to be able to reproduce it and see it. You can't do that. No one was at creation. No one can recreate again. So it's all, whether, whether we're talking about the Big Bang Theory, whether we're talking about evolution, whether any of those things, it always disturbs me when they go, well, you Christians, you just function by faith. Everybody functions by faith when we talk about the origins of this planet, I, you know, I do care. I kind of say, I don't care which one you believe. I do care. I think you should believe the biblical account. But we all function by faith. Actually, we do have an eyewitness. His name was God, and he wrote the first book of the Bible in the first chapter of the Bible in the first verse of the Bible, right? So having said all of that, and now we're all ready to kind of get into this, right? So our verse tonight is verse 16, Above all, now listen, uh, you know, I gotta stop there. This is why this is gonna take a while. Above all doesn't mean that this is the greatest of all of the weapons. It's, it's kind of like this, along with everything else, right? So he's not like putting this above. He's not saying one is greater than the other. He says, you know, so, so in lieu of or because of everything else or along with everything else, taking the shield of faith with which, you were, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts or the flaming arrows of the wicked one. So listen, man, now, here's an interesting thing to me because he has changed 
what he says. Up to this point, he has said having. You have the belt of truth. You have the breastplate of righteousness. You know, and, and so he's been, he's been telling us we have those things. Now he says, take up. So we have, here's, here's the assumption. We have the belt of truth, and we have that all the time. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have that all the time. We have the gospel, the shoes of the gospel. We have that all the time. You should walk around with those. Now he says, listen, it's changing. Now he says, take up the shield of faith. It's not like you would walk around, especially the one, the word he uses here, this is incredible. When, when, when you kind of get into it and really research it, the shield he's talking about here is like four and a half feet high and two and a half feet wide, and it's wood. I mean, it's like carrying around a door. I'm thinking, man, I'm thinking, you know, no one more one. Those guys had to be pretty buff to be able to fight carrying around a door. So, you know, and I, I never got information on how thick the wood was, but it was made of wood, and then usually, usually they would put some cloth over that, and then some kind of skin, some kind of animal skin, and then oftentimes they would soak that in water, and we're going to find out because of the, you know, the flaming arrows coming at them. But check this out. This is so cool. This is like, talk about ingenuity. They would make those, and they would bevel the edges, so two soldiers could get side by side and lock those shields so they would become one. So a row of soldiers would come up, they would lock their shields and basically build a wall, crouch down behind them. The guys behind them would come up, put their shields up in the air, lock them together. Now they got in front of them and on top. Is that cool? I mean, I'm, I'm reading that and I'm going, that is so cool. That's what we have. Now let's think about that. And we all have that shield. Shouldn't we be working together to shield and take care of what the enemy is doing? I believe, listen, I believe again. That's why the author of Hebrews says, we need to gather together. Do not forsake the gathering together. How cool it is when Christians get together, lock those shields, and they're protected from those flaming arrows, and they put that lid over them. And man, listen, they can shoot us from above. They can shoot us from up front. And we're protected. And we need to understand that. Now, now listen, it's, it's interesting to me, and I'm going to kind of jump around in this, but he also says, listen, he says they have, I like to say flaming arrows because I'm afraid I'll mess up fiery darts. I might say it wrong. I don't like that. I don't like right that. Some of you are like, I know what he's thinking. And I know some pastors who have done that. It's not good. Listen, we're going to say flaming arrows because I don't like it. I don't want to mess that up and have everybody like sitting here thinking, golly. So listen, but, but think, they, they would, you know, and I think a lot of us kind of understand, they would, they would have these arrows and, and they would wrap them in cloth and put pitch on them and then shoot them. But listen, when, even when you have that shield and it would hit that shield, you know, pieces would fly off and either start other fires or hit on somebody and burn them. The whole thing, the whole thing about war is to break things and kill people. 
And if you can't kill them, you'll want to take them out. And it's really good if you could take them out and just kind of wound them and then two or three other people have to help them. You know, that's a whole objective when you look at things and, and the way if you understand even some of the ammunition in war and what's going on. It's not necessarily just to kill instantly. It's to disable as much as you can of the enemy. So listen, that's why they would shoot those things. So you've got these darts coming at you and then we're going we're gonna to kind of, I'm going to unpack it all and then we're going to come pack and and really dig in but here's what i love listen to what he says you will be able to what quench the flaming arrows or the fiery the fiery darts you'll be able listen man not just check this out not just deflect them not just have them stick in your shield and burn you'll quench them Listen to what he's saying. You can put that out. You can quench the whole work of the enemy if you will take up the shield of faith. I love that. Now, obviously, listen, now we can come back and define some things. Obviously, he's not talking about, you know, the faith that we have as believers. He's not talking about, you know, putting your faith in God for salvation. He's gone way beyond that, right? And it's not, listen, I don't even think, I don't even think it's so much about faith in doctrine, although that's part of it, but I think it's greater than that. It's, I am going to trust God's word, and I'm going to trust everything God says. Now, the soldiers would also have a little round shield that they would use, and that would be kind of hard to deflect arrows, right, to kind of do that. So that's why he's talking about the bigger one. So you and I, listen, you and I in this, we have the opportunity to trust God or not to trust God. And that's what this is all about. Listen, when he's talking about this, here's what it all boils down to, and we could like close right now and pray and be over with it. Here's what it boils down to. Are you gonna trust God or are you gonna believe lies? It's one or the other. Listen, there's no neutral. Again, I like to encourage people. Sometimes, sometimes most of us go, I will just be Switzerland, right? I'll just be neutral. I won't have an opinion. I won't do those things. There's no neutral. You're either on one side or the other. And you're either going to believe and trust God. And here's what I believe. I believe a lot of us, we definitely, hey, we're here. You're here in the middle of the week. Obviously, we want to trust God. But if we're honest... We don't trust God 24-7. There are certain things that come in our life that we allow to creep in and we allow to happen and we, there's all of a sudden, that arrow just got right through, man, and now it's hit you. And we allow that to happen. Now listen, that doesn't mean we're destroyed, it just means, man, we took a hit, right? And it came in, but we need to understand that. And we need to understand why did that arrow get in? Because I dropped my shield of faith because I didn't take it up. I wasn't ready, I wasn't, I wasn't watching, I wasn't somebody, and, and listen, I think, again, we have to be ready and prepared. So, so I wrote down from somebody, I wrote down some of the flaming arrows that come our way. Almost said it again, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, those arrows that are shot at us, listen, I wrote some down. I think some obvious ones that come, sickness, finances or financial loss, broken relationship. Those are kind of things that are like glaring and we know and we, and here's the thing, I think a lot of those come our way and we're, we're sort of ready for those and we're ready to kind of 
combat against those and, and, and take some. And, and also note, you can read ahead, not right now, but you can read ahead because when he talks about all the rest of the weapons are take those up. Like you don't walk around with your sword drawn the whole time, right? Sometimes it's in the scabbard, but you have to take it up at certain times. And you don't eat and, you know, you don't go to sleep with your helmet on, you know. So again, those are things you take up. But listen, we have those, but, but here's some that I think we're not really on guard against. Some maybe, but some not. So here's some temptations. Number one, some temptation to immorality, hatred, envy, anger, covetousness, Pride, doubt, fear, despair, distrust, guilt, shame, confusion, discouragement, hopelessness, greed, lust, stubbornness, lazy, uh, hate, wrath, discord, and conflict. That's a big list, right? So here's what I want us to understand. The enemy has innumerable darts he can throw at us, right? He's not just limited. Satan has been at this for thousands of years. He started in the Garden of Eden, and he has not stopped, nor will he stop, till Jesus comes back and sets up his kingdom. And he is good at what he does. Listen, it always cracks me up when people go, I can take him. I'm thinking not. I think I've shared with you before, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, 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 things about uh, when Dave Wilkerson was starting the uh, uh, Teen Challenge in, in New York and he was kind of up and coming and there's the book, The Cross and the Switchblade, which is really dated, but a good book to read if you haven't read it. But one part of that I love is, is when he really kind of, when God got a hold of his heart and allowed him to see, hey, the battle belongs to the Lord. And sometimes we think we're all that. You're not all that. I just, I just, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be your friend tonight. And I remember when Dave Wilkerson finally came to the realization, hey, this is a battle much bigger than me. And so he would say this. He would say, because, you know, there's people, and if you do this, I'm sorry if I offend you. But there's people who, you know, they bind Satan when I hear that, here's what bothers me. Either they bind Satan and put him in the pit of hell. I hear people pray that a lot. Either hell has a revolving door and he comes right back out, and I don't mean this to be funny, I mean it's serious, or they don't have the power they think they have by saying that, or God doesn't have the power. And I think, listen, I think it messes up this whole thing of warfare. If Michael the archangel needed help, I think we might need a little bit of help. Just saying. So anyway, back to Dave Wilkerson. Here's what, here's what he says. When the devil comes knocking and he sees it's the devil, he turns around and says, Jesus, it's for you. That's the shield of faith, right? Let him handle it and let him take care of it. And that's what we need to remember. When I list all of those things, listen, we deal with those things. I, I gave that full big list because this is hitting, a lot of these hit, hit us, and at least some of them are hitting, at least one of them is hitting everybody, you know. You, you've got something there you can say, yeah, that does affect me. Yeah, that is something, that a weakness that I have. And I do need to realize that, and I do need to take up the shield of faith, and I do need to fight against that. I can't, I can't just say, listen, man, if, what about when you get really angry? Do you, do you react well or not? And you need to decide, what about, you know, what about some immorality and, and different things that go on in our lives? Do we make excuses for some things? And here's my favorite, is when people twist 
what God is or says or does to fit their thing that they want to sin in. When the flaming arrow comes, they will go, well, you know what? God wouldn't have brought that person in my life if God didn't want me to be involved with them. Or, you know, God would never have marijuana grow if he didn't want me to smoke it because it's from the Lord. Or, and you can go on and on, and people do that. People do that all the time. One thing we forget is that things, you know, things aren't always the way they were when God uh, created, right? Things uh, uh, blow it and, and turn into different things. So when we do things like that, here's what we're doing. I don't trust God and I believe the lie of the enemy. I'm gonna do what he says because what does it do? It fulfills my lust, it fulfills my anger, it fulfills my jealousy, my envy, uh, you know, my laziness, whatever, we can plug that in. That's what we have to guard against. And I think it's important that we understand that and we get involved in that. Now again, we've been studying Hebrews 11 for how long? I don't even know how long. I think for two and a half years, I don't know. Somebody told me I was going too fast, so I showed them. But we've been, listen, what have we been doing? We've been looking at that hall of faith and we slowed down and we really took a look at it and we're examining what's going on. Why? Because those are just people. I know I emphasize that every weekend, but I wanna emphasize that over and over. They're just people because sometimes I think, number one, I think sometimes we just romanticize all of that and think, well, it must have been easier for them. I, I had a friend that used to tell me, well, you know, it was a lot easier in the Old Testament. I'm going, really, have you read your Old Testament? Like, it doesn't sound easy to me. And then I'll go, well, you know, at the time of Jesus, it was easy. They didn't have all these vices. No, they had nothing going on. <laughs> have you studied Rome and looked at what was happening in Rome at the time, which represented the world? Hey, it was hard. It was hard then, and it's hard now. And I, again, I think every generation thinks their generation is the hardest generation, right? They don't know how hard it is. And then old codgers die and young people come up and, and then they say the same thing. So listen, as we work through this, I'm just gonna use one example and, and I'm just gonna read a couple of these passages. But if you, go, if you go back and you read from Exodus chapter five to Exodus chapter 14, there's an interesting thing that happens when we're talking about warfare and taking up the shield of faith and locking in that shield of faith. In Exodus chapter four is when Moses comes back into the scene and what happens after Moses talks to Pharaoh? What happens? He calls the leaders in and he says, and I'm gonna paraphrase, make it as miserable as you can for these people. And when they did that, what did the people say? Moses, we love you. We're so glad you came back. We're so glad you came to deliver us. Man, they get all up in his face, right? And they're angry and they have a right to be because they don't see the whole picture. And Moses could try and tell him as much as he wanted. Hey, you know, God's in this, God's involved, and they're not seeing that, why? Because here's what they know, right now, my life, my life isn't what my life was two weeks ago, and it's because of you, and it's because of what you've done, and I don't like you. Huh? Any of us kind of get into that thing? And then if you're Moses, you gotta deal with that. How do you deal with that? I think you deal with that by asking God to off everybody and start all over again. 
I don't know, man, that's a hard one. So in Exodus chapter five, listen, all of that goes down and then we have the plagues, we have everything going through and then by the time you get to Exodus chapter 14, in verse 14, listen, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna read that to you. I was gonna read chapter five, but you can read five on your own. But chapter four, four, 14, 14 says this, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Oh, oh no. Do you hear what God just told Moses? Shut up. But what did he tell him more importantly? Moses, I got this. I've got it. Trust me. And hey, I know a lot of us just read Exodus, but man, get back into it and kind of read it from that perspective, from the idea of warfare and everything that's going on and, uh, and uh, the, the armor of God. Listen, man, from that point, Moses became stronger because here's what happened. Check this out. Moses believed God. And he started, listen, he started going in a direction. And for you and I, Hey, I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying if you pick up these weapons and you really begin to meditate on it and think about it, that your life's gonna be a bed of roses, that everything's gonna be wonderful and, you know, uh, some weird things came in my head, I'm not gonna say. But, you know, you're just like, woo, this is so wonderful. I believe, listen, I believe as we become more aware of the armor of God, we become more aware of the battle in front of us. And we become more aware of, you know what, things aren't what I really thought they were. And now, listen, now I'm aware that this is happening to me. I gotta do something about it. And here's the thing, do I believe the lie from the enemy or do I trust God? Do I walk with God or do I walk in the world? Do I trust him through situations that are hard, that are difficult, and sometimes they're heartbreaking, and et cetera, et cetera, or do I find instantaneous pleasure for a moment? It's gonna fade away. Trust God, believe God. So, so listen, listen again. Taking up what? The shield of faith. You have to exercise faith. How do I exercise faith? And again, I know I make it oversimplified, but here's how you exercise faith. You trust God. You believe him. Now, how am I gonna believe God if I don't know him? And how am I gonna know him? Some of you knew this was coming. How am I gonna know him if I'm not in his word? God has chosen to reveal himself through his word. Now, I know, listen, he's revealed himself in these last times through his son. I get that. But how are you gonna know the son if you don't know the word? And I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not a person who, I'm, I'm not a big advocate of memorizing verses, scripture, you know, and having verse and chapter and everything down. I think that's a good thing. But sometimes you can so focus on that. Hey, do you know what blah, blah, and, and you just repeat it and you just, a, a parrot could do that. It's about getting it in your heart. It's about internalizing it. And I've shared before when I met the, the older man up on the, in the Wachuca Mountains, when that man would speak, it was mostly scripture came out of his mouth. But he wasn't saying, you know, Ephesians 6, 11 says this. He was just talking and it just came out. Why? Because he had internalized scripture. 
So yeah, I think, it, I think it is good to memorize it, but it's more important to get it in, to digest it, and have it be part of your life. And as you're talking, as you're interacting with people, that's what's coming out, and you're encouraging them in their faith because you're acting in faith, and you're walking in faith, and you're believing God. So listen, how do I build up my faith? I get into the Word. How's another way I build up my faith? I hang out with believers. I love hanging out with believers. I like sometimes to get with, you know, it's good to have some heathens around just to remind you. I know sometimes as Christians we act like, I don't hang out with those people. You are those people. (laughs) Hate to tell you. Some of us get so snooty. But you know what, man? There's nothing like brothers and sisters. I love going to church. I know some of you go, yeah, because you get paid for it. <laughs> I, but I do. I love hanging out in church. I remember when we were first saved, we used to go to the little church in, in Old Bisbee. And, you know, it's a small church up on the hill. And, and uh, there was two, quote, two campuses back before that was the fad. And uh, ours, was, ours was the early service. It was at 830 Right? And uh, when we would travel, I would find, <laughs> it seemed like always I'd find a church, it was at 8.30. My daughter one time said, Dad, do you know that some churches do start after 8.30 in the morning? And I go, not ones I find. <laughs> but man, I always, listen, I loved it. I'm, and here's the, here's the thing, part of it is, part of it is a fault, I'm afraid if I'm not in a fellowship and hanging out with believers and stuff, I'm afraid God's gonna do something really, really, really cool and I'm gonna miss it. So I wanna be in the middle of it, not, not necessarily the one he works in, but I wanna be, I wanna be there. So hanging out, how do I build my faith? Number one, I get in a word. Number two, I hang out with believers. Iron sharpens iron. We're here for each other. And again, we're talking about you can't have a good, that good wooden, when I think of that shield, man, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it was solid. I'm not thinking plywood. I'm not thinking of OBS or OSB or whatever it is. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, listen, I'm thinking good, solid chunk, right? Something that you had to be buffed just to pick it up. And then how do I get that? From my brothers and sisters. Iron sharpens iron. From people, uh, you know, holding you accountable, from people encouraging you, from people pushing you and causing you, maybe, hey, step out here. I don't want to do that. It's okay, you know, and they kind of push you off the ledge and you go, you know, and you find out, wow, I made it. One of my best friends, Robert Furrow, I love hanging out with Robert for this reason. Man, Robert, Robert is a visionary, and he just has this like vision. And I, listen, we, I befriended Robert, man, it's gotta be like 25 years ago when him and I started hanging out. And I hung out and I, and I stayed with him because I like him, he's a nice guy. But man, he like pushes me to do things and he pushes me and, and I watch him and I think, you are insane, the things you come up with. And, and then he will tell me, you're insaner with some of the things, because you do dumb things. I do smart things, that's what he tells me. But, but man, listen, you gotta have people in your life that aren't just like you. I would say Robert and Furrow and I are pretty opposite, personality-wise, things we do, 
But man, listen, I know I push him in areas and I know he pushes me in areas. And then in our staff and the different staff people I know, listen, we all have different giftedness, different vision, different things going on, and we push each other. And that's what it's all about. How is my faith gonna grow if I just sit around like a kumquat and I'm not doing anything and I just like hope someday that something will happen? It's not gonna happen by osmosis. So listen, I wanna quench a few darts. I wanna put out a few fires. I want things to happen. So kinda bringing all of this around, I want us to think about trusting God or not trusting God. John MacArthur put it this way, listen to this. Sin forsakes and contradicts God's promises. And now listen to these promises that he lists. I love the way he writes it because it's kind of paraphrased and, and not just chapter and verse. That it contradicts God's promises. That the person who listens to him is blessed. That's out of Proverbs. That he will never give his children a stone when they ask for a fish. That's out of Matthew. That he will open the windows of heaven and pour out immeasurable blessing on his faithful children. That's out of Malachi. That he has given every good thing, or given every good thing, bestowed and every perfect gift that's out of James that he will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory that's out of Philippians and that he has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ that's out of Ephesians chapter 1 and you could go on and on and on do you see what's happening listen the enemy pulls us down and gets us to look at will this happen will that happen will this why aren't we looking at God's promises and going yes that is true, that is true, that's what's gonna happen. So I listed some things here and we'll kinda start to wrap up with this. So we need to put faith in God. So here's what I wrote. If I'm gonna put faith in God, first of all, I have to put faith in his person. God's a person. I have to put faith in his person and I can only learn about his person where? In a word. It's the only place I'm gonna learn about his person. Trust me, the world's not gonna teach you. So I can, I gotta put faith in his person. Then, we just read a bunch, I have to put faith in his promises. Where are his promises? In the word, you're kinda getting, we're doing a P thing here. His person, his promises. I need to put faith in his power. Now that one is, you know what? You gotta trust him a few times. You gotta step out. You gotta see, and again, I'm not saying, but I do love that where the scripture says, test me. I kinda like that, because I'm that guy, right? I'm the rebellious guy. God says, test me, I'm gonna go, oh, you should have never said those words. You're gonna find out, you know? So test him. And again, I think if we're gonna put, we, we, we find his power in his word by believing what he's done in the past, but is God working in your life today? Is he powerful in your life? Maybe delivering you from something, maybe making you aware of something, whatever. I'm not talking about like some big, you know, miracle thing. That would be good. But how about the everyday things where he comes through and he does things and, and you know, we're so sometimes so caught up we don't even recognize them. So we have to have, you know, we have to have faith in our God, in his person, in his promises, in his power. And then the last one, in his people. Mm, his people. You see, I'm blessed because I get to stand up here and look out. And I see his people. 
And it's a blessing. I say, God, this is God's family. This is God's people. God has gathered all these people. And some of you, I mean, well, you're freaks. So, you know, it's like, wow, look at what God has done and how he's done this and brought us together. And I'm like, yes, this is exciting. And I gain strength from that and I understand. And how, listen, how can I know his people if I'm not hanging out with them. And where's the best place to find God's people? In church, right? In fellowship. And then you just hang out and and we get to do this thing called Christianity and do this thing called church and we get to move forward. So as we think about all that, I'm gonna close up with this verse. I know I said close like five times. I never do that. But (laughs) Philippians 4.8, a lot of us have this memorized. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, some of you are going, go faster. That's the problem, you go too fast. Whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And we can quench those flaming arrows. We can put them out by what? Taking up the shield of faith. Hallelujah. I'm excited now, aren't you guys? You got your belt on. Hey, you're getting, you're getting there. You got your belt. You got your breastplate. You got your shoes. Now you got that, that big old honking. I want to see some of you get it in your car. That's what I want to watch. You got this big old honking shield that you're going to have to do. But man, I want you to meditate on, on how great Just think about the physical shield and what that means in your life and why Paul would pick that specific one because I pretty much guarantee you the soldier standing guard on him was not hauling around some big old honking door. Maybe he had his little one, probably not even that. What Paul knew from watching and experience, this is what happens. Saints, let's do this. Let's don't believe, man, the enemy, he's gonna lie to us. He's gonna lie to you the minute, he's gonna lie to you maybe right now, but he's gonna lie to you as you're going out those doors. Take up the shield of faith. Put those darts out and enjoy your God. Let's stand up and pray. Father, I do, I thank you tonight, Lord. I thank you for your grace in our lives and and the fact that, Lord, we do have We have this amazing, amazing armor that is yours, that you've given us. It's not us just exercising faith. It's you've given us this gift of faith, and now we have to to build that up. And God, I do pray, I pray we would learn how how to lock up with other believers, learn how to make that wall that cannot be penetrated, that, that is strong and sturdy, make that, the, even that, that part over our heads where those arrows can't like just drop in from up above. And God, make us a people who we're sure of our, we're sure of our salvation. We're standing strong in our God. And that we would be a witness to this generation We're living in a time, Lord, we like to say like no other time, and I believe that every time is like no other time because it is. And God, we have such opportunities in front of us. I pray that we would focus on that.
and that we would honor you and glorify you with our lives. And I'm gonna ask you to stay in an attitude of prayer and a heart of prayer just for a couple more moments. And, and right now, pray for people in here who do not have a relationship with Jesus. They don't, they don't have that yet. And if you're one of those, I want you just to listen to me just for a moment. Man, you're not here. Maybe somebody invited you to come here. Maybe you just came. Maybe you, you uh, uh, saw the parking lot and thought, what's going on in that church on a Thursday? And maybe you just dropped in. Or like I said, maybe somebody invited you. But if you're here and you do not believe in Jesus Christ, you've not put your faith in him, man, you're not here by mistake. Tonight is the night. Right now is the time to change that and make that happen. The Bible says you need to call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. And by that, here's what we mean. All you have to do, listen, you've gotta be a person who you just get real with Jesus. And you let Jesus know that you know you're a sinner. Again, that's not for his information. That's that you come to the place where you're broken. You understand you've sinned against a holy God, against a righteous God, you've offended him. And right now, right now is the time for you to admit that. And then you have to tell God you're sorry for your sin. Be honest, be real. Let him know that you're sorry for your sin. That's all kind of bad news because that sin separates you from God. The good news is Jesus Christ died on the cross. And the moment you come to God, tell him you're a sinner. Let him know you're sorry for your sin. He will hold out to you this receipt that says, your sin's been paid for. It's taken care of. Just take this from me. And that's what we're doing right now. So if you want to do that, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to put words in your mouth. You can say this prayer after me. If you're watching online, hey, man, if you're home and God has touched your heart, say this prayer with us. If you're backslidden and you came to church, and again, maybe somebody invited you, they knew you were backslidden, and they asked you to come to church, say this prayer with us. It's a simple prayer. You can say it out loud again. You can say it silent. It's got to be sincere. Jesus, tonight, right now, I confess that I am a sinner. I'm sorry that I sinned against you. And tonight I'm asking you to forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you right now for your forgiveness. I want you to come into my heart and change me. I want you to come into my life and guide me. I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior.